Love Talk Radio. coming everybody I appreciate it all of a sudden they went silent <laughs> <laughs> this is spotlight with rob deb and spot hey, hey, hey yeah. how you guys doing we how you doing, doing? yeah doing great no how you doing how you doing how you doing who wants no, to call anybody want to call in today call in and say how you doing Maybe my fan no, in Philly. Doing? How about that, huh? You guys don't have a stalker yet. I got one in Philly. You got a stalker? How much are you paying him? You got... <laughs> Come on. You heard it. it was a female stalker. I got an official female female fan. I'll say female fan. I don't mean to call you oh, stalker. That's right. But stalker these days is not a big deal. Oh, she's a sweetheart. Yeah, I like her. Well, call in to support no, me. I love it. Spot, I love let it. him dream, okay? She was a sweetheart. I got to give her props. She was really nice. He wants a stalker. Yeah, no, let that was a nice that, that was, <laughs> Right? Come on. Give me something. Throw me a bone here. God. Who wants to call in? Anybody? 646-478-4353. Call in to support Rob. Or the other two, if you want. No, <laughs> call in, please, and support that. We all need our own. We all need our own fan that's gonna call in once in a while to support us, right? Need a supporter. Right? <laughs> yeah, I need some support over here. <laughs> once again, that phone number six four six four seven eight four three five three, and you got all these things you can dial to, to keep your call waiting from beeping in and bugging me. So you can do first thing you can do is seventy pound. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very uh, friendly in real life. Uh, star yeah, seventy, seventy that's, pound. That's what, that's what girls next door say, right? <laughs> or star seventy. <laughs> so, or seventy or if pound. You're a stalker, or you can dial eleven seventy. <laughs> if you're my stalker, you get the you get the the speed line. I'll give you the speed line information to get you right through. <laughs> And if you're using cans in a string, you can dial like 1170 or something if you're in or Arkansas, whatever. Hold on a minute. we got a caller right now. You're on, caller, area code 412. Hello. Hi. Hello. How you doing? Hi. How, how is everyone tonight? We're in our usual form. <laughs> so what, what's the topic of discussion tonight? Shoot, the topic Deb, go of ahead. discussion What's up? tonight is National Adoption Month and uh, whatever else we come up with. <laughs> okay, <laughs> National Adoption for pain. Children. For Children. Also, children Adoption, is that is that what you're referring to? Well, yeah. you know what? It it could be because sometimes adults adopt adults. When you get married, yep. you uh-huh. adopt your, your spouse and their family. When you bring uh-huh. a friend into your life for into your life for life, you adopt that friend, so it's National Adoption Month. Ah, I see. Cool. Okay. 
It's also Native American Native American. It's also National Native American Culture Month too. Absolutely. There you go. Okay. So who are you talking to? This is Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Hi. Ron, Carrie, there's still time to save yourself. There is. <laughs> Ron for the hills. <laughs> no, I'm supporting Rob. I grew up with Rob, and we're we're really good friends. I haven't talked to him in a long time, and I was interested in seeing what was going on tonight on the spotlight. Cool. Well, you Very have good. my deepest Carrie. condolences. Hi. <laughs> Excuse me? I just, I you just have my deepest you condolences. <laughs> you guys sound like yep. you're having a great time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, How much therapy have you had to go through because you grew up with Rob? I'm um, really interested. Many years thousands of therapy. Of thousands of hours. <laughs> Rob, do you know who this is? I do now. As soon as I heard you say you knew me, I was going through voices in my head. You know, I have a lot. i got to filter them out. I know it. And do you guys have coffee? Do you have coffee brewing? He's a little slow because about two weeks ago his stuffed Barney toy dumped him out of his his Manhattan apartment thing out the window because he tried to put a Go Bucks T-shirt on him and he oh, landed no. on his head. Oh so, no! Wasn't good. He's a it was not slow. pretty. It was not pretty. Wow! So where is everybody at right now? I'm in Iowa. Oh, we're all over the place. Okay, Iowa. How I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm in Pittsburgh. Hey, Cool beans. I love Pittsburgh. How you doing really? over there? <laughs> yeah, how you doing? Yeah. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> they say yins. On the res, girl. They say yins and stuff here. They say, you know, uh, they're yins. Pittsburghers. We do that, too. Ohio. Yeah. yeah. We say yins. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yins. Yeah. Can I use guys? Use guys. No, that's a New York yeah. thing. No, we do yins. <laughs> I've got to get out of New York once in a while. <laughs> okay, well, this we is got, great. I'm glad that everybody's on and talking about um, the adoption thing because that's, I think, you know, I, was, I wasn't I was sure if you were talking about adoption, children adoption, or pet adoption because um, I know a lot of friends who have gone through a lot of problems having kids and they have gone mm-hmm. overseas to adopt kids. And I just yeah. think that there's so many there's so many loopholes that you have to go through here in yeah. the States yeah. um, to adopt well, to children, you know, any kind of thing you have to go through love, here that the they have then. to go overseas. It just seems like it's such yeah. a lot of We're red tape. We're going to love the show then because our guest is going to be Joanne Green, and she has adopted three children from Korea. I'm an adoptive oh, wow. mother. I adopted my okay. child. I was, well, we'll get into that later, okay? Yeah, sure thing. You're you know what, the guest it. is here. Um, Carrie, can you hang on it. for the guest? Maybe you have some questions for her. So sure. that's part of the show tonight. We're going to be talking to Joanne Green. She is, again, the adoptive mother of three children with special needs, and she is the founder of Widesmiles.org, which is a support group for parents and families dealing with cleft lip and palate and other craniofacial anomalies. And she is also mm-hmm. the founder of the online uh, support group called Cleft Talk, which I've been a member of for over 15 years. But I have to make this announcement. I'm sorry, I have to. I am just so excited. Rob, Bob, guess who I got for December 15th? Who? I'm afraid to ask. I got Santa Claus. Santa Claus, the real one? Santa Claus. I got 
the claws. Well, how do you do this, Deb? How I do you got do this to stuff? do. <laughs> <It's connection. laughs> well, I don't know how you do it. You know, <laughs> I, I saw him the other day, and I said, oh, Santa. I'm glad the thing is that a candy cane in your pocket. <laughs> oh, my goodness. going to be on the show. Wow. What kind of show is this? You might need help if it's a candy cane. God, Lord. With that, I'm going to any mistletoe stories. We got Santa coming. We got Santa Very coming. Cool. And then Very this cool. month we're going to be doing a lot of talk about the na- about National Adoption Month and National American Indian Aware- Awareness Month. And it oh, kind of all ties in, too, because, Spot, you and I are going to talk about Hunkapi, which is the making a yep. relative ceremony where Native yep. Americans adopt people into their lives. That's going to be really, really cool. Hmm. And we're going to be bringing Joanne in in a few moments. As soon as, has she called in yet, um, Rob? Yep, she's on the line. Okay, Wait. we're going to bring her in immediately. But I, before we do this, I want to say hi to some very, very, very special people who I adopted through Hunkapi. Uh Philippe has been my pen pal since the late six, 1960s. We are still pen pals, and I am pen pal with his wife now. They live in Belgium and uh, have been become a great part of our lives here in Westerville. So, Philippe and Marie Salmon, I want to say bonjour, and I hope you enjoy the show. Okay? Very cool. So, you want to bring Joanne in? Yeah, I'm going to guess this is the one anyway. It's area code 209. Does that sound familiar? We'll find uh, out here in about one more California. second. <laughs> 209 is uh, Fresno. Huh. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Hmm. That sounds right. You there, caller? I'm there. 209 is also Stockton. Stockton. Ah. California. Oh. That's yeah. right. I've been, yeah, I've been up to California. Angry. Better guess than me because I didn't know if it was East Coast, West Coast, <laughs> or in between. <laughs> yeah, no. All around 209 is, is Stockton, California. There you yeah, go. Yeah, this is a 605 smoke signal. Joanne. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Hi there, Deb. Hello. Hi, Joanne. How you been? Joanne, meet my sister, Spot, Julie, Spotted Eagle Hi, Hi, And my partner, nice Rob. And we have our caller here. Mm-hmm. Carrie. So, Hi, Joanne, I'm Carrie. Again. And Carrie, which is an old friend of Rob, and we've been giving her, you know, condolences. So, <laughs> <laughs> again, Poor Joanne, Rob. Is, Joanne is the adoptive mother of three children. Not she adopted from uh, Korea. All three children were born with cleft lip and palate, and some of them with some other anomalies, but that's not really what's the main focus of her life. It is the uh, helping, informing other people of, and empowering other people who have children born with special needs, but also in just loving her kids and getting them out into the world in the best way she can. And she's also the author of quite a few books, which we'll talk about later. Cool. Joanne, how you doing? Oh, been doing good. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> We've had a New York what, what, thing going like here. How you doing? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I'm wondering what you want to talk about first. Well, let's give us a lovely kids. synopsis of your story, how you met your babies and what all happened and all that. How I got my babies? Um, well, basically, I wanted to be a mom, and biology didn't work for us, and um, we pursued every 
uh, Avenue in those days, because it was so many years ago, um, we were very fortunate that the avenues closed off early. We didn't have near as many technologies as there are today. And I say that's fortunate because, number one, because I, I was matched to the three most wonderful kids in the world that could possibly ever have been mine. Absolutely. But, I'm hearing you. Oh, pardon? I'm hearing you. <laughs> but, I feel um, the same way. But the other reason that it, it's fortunate is because when we had fewer options, we knew when to quit and to try another another option. Um, adoption became the option for us, and I know a lot of people say that adoption isn't for everyone. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that for the child waiting for parents, it is. It's for them. And my children were waiting for parents. And people, again, another thing I often hear, why did I go to Korea to get my kids? And my answer is because that's where my kids were born. Um, we have a very large backyard, and uh, children are children everywhere. Um, I adopted from Korea because that's that's where our path led. But it wasn't because I, you know, didn't want an American child or I didn't want a child from foster care. I tried that, and um, I tried I tried an infant here in America. I tried uh, foster care. We lost those kids. I didn't lose the children that I adopted through, um, you know, intercountry adoption. We had 16 years of active failure, and when wow. Jacob came home from Korea, it was wonderful, and it was permanent. And I, what do you mean you lost? Well, you lost them. How, how, what happened? Like, you the adoption fell through. In one case, um, the mother who had abused the child 12 times in one year, she was mentally retarded and she was card-carrying psychotic, um, was given yeah, like the that. child card-carrying psychotic. Wow. Oh, my God. That's a and another time was uh, not quite as traumatic, but the, the mother was living on Skid Row and had made a, a, a plan to have the child adopted, and then after the child came home and was with us um, a, a much shorter time, but it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. The mother changed her mind and took the baby back. And wow. um, those things hurt. It's like a death. And yeah. uh, I made a, a, a lifetime commitment to these children, and it's hard. Um, I'm, I'm not saying it's not a good idea for the birth parent to raise the child. Um, in the first child's case, the foster child's case, the birth parent did not raise her. She ended up back in the foster care system and, as far as I know, kicked from pillar to post until after she was 18. But, you know, I, I wasn't allowed to know very much um, after she left us. But anyway... The the happy ending of the story is there are children for people, and I'm not going to talk anybody out of doing a, an adoption through foster care or through uh, a, a, you know an independent adoption or anything like that. There are many options because there are many children, and mm -hmm. all children have different needs. And we ended up going in our country, but um, I, I often hear that question. I very often. Reading adoption stories online, you, you read the, the blogs underneath, every single time you, you'll find somebody say, well, why didn't they adopt from America? We have plenty of children here. And so I just thought I'd circumvent that question right now. I adopted from Korea because Korea is where my children were. Yeah, and Basically. Joanne, you know what? I'm hearing yeah. you completely because you, you, you know my journey as well. Mm -hmm. We started out trying to adopt through Honduras. Mm -hmm. And because there were no children available here in the United States at the time. 
And yeah. then the Honduras adoption, the baby just disappeared. So yeah. we she was kidnapped. That's a whole other story. Then we, uh, I was getting ready to go to China when Christopher was born a mile and a half down the road because he was turned down by six couples because he was mm-hmm. born with cleft lip wow. and palate. And our attorney just happened to remember our names. So wow. people who adopt children from other company, comp, companies, right, other <laughs> countries, it isn't because they don't want to adopt American children no, because they want to adopt a child that needs the home at the time that they are there. It is well, yeah. a plan, isn't it, Joanne? It's a plan. I can't imagine kids more um, uh, more perfect in my home than the ones I have. And you I've know? had them and, in my um, home, and they are. Yeah. They are beautiful. And they, you know, they don't look at, like me, so big deal. I think they came out lucky in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> They're way better looking. Can I ask how old your children are? Uh, Yes, they're actually all grown up now. Um, My two boys are 24, and my daughter is 21. And are Um, you planning to adopt again, or? And oh no, I'm way too old. They wouldn't let me adopt. I'm I'm looking for kids now. Um, Okay. My 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 son uh, Jacob, the oldest. uh, My two boys are 24, but they're two months apart. Um, Okay. It just happens wow. that way with adoption. You can do it. <laughs> yeah, um, twin boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, two different adoptions, two different birth families, but um, but they're they're almost the same age. Um, Jacob just got married. Just last. Wow! Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, congratulations. So now I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping for grandchildren in the next couple of years. So there you go. Um, you know I'm 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 done with adoption right now, but uh, um, you know I I would. As far as I'm concerned, it's a fabulous way to make a family. Um, I can't imagine, like I said, any other family than what I've got. And um, the kids are just wonderful. They're um, totally fulfilling. They were all born with cleft lip and palate. I did not specialize in cleft lip and palate. I went to the adoption agency, and um, we said yes to special needs. Sometimes people hear that I adopted in her country, and they say, well, you didn't want a kid here. You know, you, you, you wanted a specialty kid. No, I wanted a kid. Um, it, you hear that. Um, or that, that wow. I didn't want to wait. Well, I didn't want to wait. That's one of the reasons we said yes to special needs. But Cleslip and Palette is a correctable special need. And um, I remember this kind of a funny story. I'll try to say it quickly. Um, when my husband and I first walked into the agency, we were walking down the hallway where they had all these pictures of all these kids that had been placed and stuff over the years. And up at the top, there was a picture of a little girl who had an extremely severe unilateral cleft lip and palate. And, and then it was fixed. And the, 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 the first picture was, you know, fairly shocking, fairly disturbing to me. And the second picture, of course, she was adorable, you know. Well, we're, we're standing here looking at the pictures, and my husband nudged me, and he goes, uh, what, what if they offer us a child like that? And I go, we'll say yes. And then yeah. secretly under my breath, I prayed, oh, Lord, please don't offer us a child like that. <laughs> and God has a sense of humor because he gave us three. He didn't give us one. Wow. He gave us three. Yeah. Um, and wow. you know what? That is not a disturbing thing to look at. When you've got that child in your arms, you look in their eyes and you look at you look at the child, and mm-hmm. that cleft is there and it can be fixed, and that's no big deal, you know. Right. And um, I had I have three absolutely beautiful children. Um, Jessica, yes, has more of a disability than the boys ever thought of having. Joey had other anomalies, but none of them disabling. Um, mm. And you know, I mean, 
they're perfectly normal, healthy, beautiful, well, wonderful you kids, are, you know, the grown-ups now. Right. But, wow. Well, Joanne has, has come, has been to visit me twice with her two boys, mm-hmm. and they are absolutely, delightfully phenomenal. They are great kids. I mean, everything she says is totally on target and probably beyond because I haven't been able to follow them past the last time they were here. But they are so Yeah, I think they were 13 the last time we saw you. Well, the last it's time been you that many saw years, me, huh? Jacob, like, blew the chess team away at this place we went to. They were upset that he showed up because <laughs> he blew yeah, everybody he out of the water. He's a ringer, huh? He's a ringer. He's pretty proud of that. <laughs> yeah, he was fantastic. I've still got that score sheet. I mean, he was just yeah. fantastic. But, you know, Joanne, yes, she's she's gone past the adopting now, but she continues things with... Yeah. WhiteSmiles.org, which is a wonderful resource, and it well, is www. org, yeah. and it is a resource um, for people who just got you know they've either, either given birth or adopted a child with cleft lip and palate. Mm-hmm. And then she has a talk. Well, what I had learned after the boys got here, um, uh-huh. two things. One is in the orphanages, kids with cleft lip and palate are in a bad situation because. They don't have a lot of people, and they have a whole bunch of babies. And so they, mm-hmm. do, they, they do things like prop bottles and things like that. You cannot prop a bottle for a child with a cleft. It takes no. longer mm-hmm. to feed them. They're a little harder to feed. And without special equipment, they're very difficult to feed. And they don't always have the special equipment. The other thing that I learned is a lot of people who were being offered children with cleft were turning them down. And they mm-hmm. were um, they were finding it very difficult to place these kids, and the reason was there was very little information out there for these, these parents. When I said yes to Jacob, I didn't know anything about a class. The way, the way I put it is they offered me a baby boy with a cleft lip and palate. I didn't know what a cleft was, but I knew what a baby was, and I knew I wanted one. So I said, yeah. And I figured whatever cleft is, we'll learn together. And then I started researching it, and had I waited to research, I might have said no. Because that research no. was very, very depressing. And um, I, I started learning after he got here that the reality is far, far better than what you know when you're researching it. And yeah. I started writing to other families who were adopting. I was writing uh, articles for um, magazines, for uh, adoption-related magazines, concerning um, cleft lip and palate. And somebody finally uh, suggested that maybe I do a newsletter and the newsletter turned into a magazine, and the magazine hmm. was called White Smiles. And it, that magazine was not quarterly, and it, was, it went out to families, whether they adopted or gave birth, but families who had children with cleft lip and palate. And there were a lot of really weird things going on at that time, like people, doctors telling parents, don't talk about the cleft. And I'm sitting there going, what? Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to hide it. You know, right. how can you miss I, I treated like cleft that. like I treated adoption. My kids, there was never a time when it was revealed to my kids that they were adopted. They always knew. It was there was yeah. never a time it was revealed to them that they were dealing with a cleft lip and palate. They always knew, and hmm. uh, that that's just the way you have to deal with it. And you know, different things like that. But I I uh, I felt that families needed information shortly after that because that was over twenty. That was about twenty years ago. Shortly yeah. after that, the Internet kind of exploded, and I jumped right on. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, uh, White Smiles was the first um, 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 uh, web page 
and uh, and listserv of uh, cleft talk was the first listserv for families, um, a, a lay audience dealing with cleft lip and palate. Yeah, and I was lucky. I found them. In and you were 19... among the first. Yeah, I, I'm one wow. of the very first uh, when oh, we adopted Christopher, oh, born with cleft lip and palate. And by the way, the day I held him in my arms, he was seven days old. He was absolutely gorgeous, cleft and all. Mama kissed mm-hmm. every part of that baby. Anyway, I found Joanne, and I mean, her. She she really empowered me. She told me the questions to ask the doctors. Mm-hmm. She told me what to do and and how to be an advocate for my son. And I will never forget yeah. that. I mean, one, it one was, of our one of our mottos for for White Smiles is that an informed parent is an empowered parent, and White Smiles is in the business of empowering parents. Absolutely, and um, and you, you know, do it. It, it was it, it was a completely foreign idea twenty years ago. Right, when we started doing it. But so um, how do you get the word out on this uh, your web page and all the all this great information that you have? How do you get it out there? Uh, well, so we're that on you Google. Go- um, <laughs> we're uh, we you know we uh, search engines find us very easily. Um, yeah. Basically, we've been around so long. Most of the uh, clinics throughout the United States and mm-hmm. Canada and around. Most of them know know about us, and they tell us they tell their families about us. We have mm-hmm. sent flyers out to them. We've had um, a, a lot of contact with the various clinics and doctors who deal with cleft lip and palate all over the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, that's wow. one of the things I, I chose in the beginning was that we were not going to be a group of parents against all the doctors. We, that was not it. We are all on the same team. Yeah. And so what what I did as as I partnered with doctors and clinics where they specialize in various things, and we had a, a just a dynamite team going. Um, it wasn't the doctors answering questions, but the doctors certainly informed us, um, mm-hmm. oftentimes through me, about what the, you know, how, what what was going on so that we could right. discuss it among ourselves. And uh, I can remember in the early days, and Deb, you might remember this when we kept putting on Cleft Talk, my doctor said, you must be one of those white smile families. Because yeah. I asked the right questions, or because exactly I knew what he that was happened to me. About. Remember, I told you about mm-hmm. that. I went to my son's. Uh, I was very lucky in that when we adopted Christopher, uh, the the man that the doctor that did the well baby letter uh, called me the day before he came home and was telling me everything I needed to know. And he says, "I want to see you in my office, and I hope you will let me be his pediatrician." I said, "Well, absolutely." And he says, "But first you are to call this plastic surgeon and call me back and let me know what he says. So I call. He gave me an appointment for like two weeks later. I call this doctor. He goes, oh, no. Oh, no. No. I'll get right back to you. He gets back to me. I have an appointment for the next morning. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, this yeah. doctor was, was so happy yeah, that Chris I, I was spoke adopted. With doctors. I spoke with doctors before Jacob ever arrived. Yeah. Hmm. All I had on me was a picture. They both and, knew about why it's both of them knew about White Smiles, and they said, "I am so." He said, "I was going to tell you to get in contact with these with with White Smiles. I'm so happy to hear that you are already in contact." Like, yes, wow, yes, that's amazing. Good for wow. you. Now, now, well, now, are now, there any, now are there there's, any you know tons of them out there. Well, right? but, uh, I, I caution people: there's tons of them out there, but sometimes the information isn't real good. So. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I don't know how to say any more than that, but to, you know, empower yourself with information and, yeah. you know, question and check. 
and um, sure. Um, well, the information takes away. Well, I think that, I think that's well. I think that's any parent's obligation, no matter if your child mm-hmm. is quote unquote normal yeah. or not. I think we all have an obligation right. to empower empower ourselves, absolutely, and educate ourselves. Yeah, gone are the days when we parent. blindly trust what what a professional has told us. You know, I mean, and oh, yeah. I think we need to trust our professionals, but not blindly. You know, we have to trust well, yeah, knowledge and information. Nice, yeah, my son's and that's what Wise Miles and, and Clef Talk does. It it helps yeah. you not to just do it blindly. You've got information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well, uh, I, I truly believe you need to trust your doctors. You know, well, but, but my, we, yeah. Well, my problem is that my problem is that my son's ADD, and mm-hmm. you know, you get the ones that are pushing medicate, medicate, medicate. Well, okay. Well, in this case, unfortunately, medication is is the answer. But as a parent, it's my obligation to know what's going on, what, what does ADD, ADD encompass? What does that mean? And, you know, whether you're right, a parent right. of, a, of a normal kid or not, that's, you know, you have an obligation to that child to, to empower and educate yourself, period. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. And it wasn't that way 20 years ago. No. no. Yeah, it I know. It was not that way 20 I guess, years ago. I know. <laughs> okay, well, at, this point, at this point, we need to give our sponsors a, a yell at, a call to, or a bring in, and then when we come back, I would like to spot very briefly talk about the Native Americans uh, or American Indian. i got to get used to using that new phrase, view of people born with anomalies, and then, Joanne, I want to go on and talk about your books. Okay? Yeah, well, yeah, two two of my books have to do with class, so. Absolutely. And one of them has to do with adoption. (laughs) Absolutely, yep. So, Rob, you want to give a call out to our sponsor? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I tell, told the story a million times. In, in a nutshell, um, Greg, he's in upstate New York, and the commercial's kind of a local spot. So, you know, uh, but it's a buyer of gold and silver dot com. And and Greg, I met him at a business show. I actually watched him do it. Some guy actually <laughs> brought a silver fork to the business show, and I actually and I was talking to him after. I said, well, "What are you guys doing with the fork there?" <laughs> <laughs> Seemed like kind of a weird thing at a business show. Somebody's buying a fork from somebody. I'm like, now, where'd that fork come from? He says, Oh yeah, I'm I'm the guy. I'm a buyer of goldandsilver.com. And I said, Oh, that's kind of cool. He goes, Yeah, I gave him forty five dollars for this silver spoon. I said, Well, what's it worth? He goes, Uh, eh, I'll probably get fifty for it. I said, Wow, that's a pretty thin margin. He goes, Yeah, but he goes, I wouldn't feel right about it otherwise. He goes, There's people that'll give them half because when you d- decide you're going to s- sell gold and silver, you're usually in a kind of a desperate situation, and there's tons mm-hmm. of people lined up to take advantage of you. Uh, but mm-hmm. Greg, you know, Greg's a good guy. He's a good he's a good business guy. Uh, he makes a profit, you know. You got to make a profit in business, but Greg does it on on the up and up, and he tells you what it's really worth, even. And that's, then he says it's worth this. I'll give you this for it. Uh, so he's a good guy. And it, again, it's a buyer of gold and silver dot com. A buyer of gold and silver coins and jewelry is celebrating three years of paying the highest cash payouts around for unwanted gold and silver coins and jewelry. Don't settle for low pawn shop prices, and don't take your items to a fly by night hotel event. Come and visit our showroom and get paid the highest cash payouts for your unwanted gold and silver coins and jewelry. Looking for great fun? Book a free karaoke gold party today with a buyer of gold and silver coins and jewelry. Located at 1121 Glenwood Ave, Oneida, next to Cash for Cans Bottle Return. I love that idea about the the party because you can actually get paid to have your party. And he'll actually host the party and he'll do all the little picky foods and all that. So you want to go, you know, pawn your pampered chef thing or whatever it is you want to do you can actually as the person running the the, the party you can actually make money doing it so it's kind of a cool will he come to pittsburgh totally cool. that's a good question yeah, <laughs> that's a great yeah. Question. Is, is he a steeler fan 
Maybe I can get him out you here. Know, then. I, uh, you know, we got to we got to talk about that. Oh wow! I'm telling you. Look at her fire the first shot. <laughs> Redskins man, Redskins, Redskins. I'm not a, I'm not a Steeler fan. I live in Steeler country, but I'm not a Steeler fan. <laughs> Thank oh. God. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's hard to live out here, but. Yeah, if if you were Dallas, then we'd really have problems. <laughs> My husband's a huge Dallas fan. Oh, <laughs> he, he's from ew, Texas. Yes. He's from yeah, Texas. Yes, <laughs> Washington Redskins, man. Washington Redskins. You know what? Everybody has to have their team, so I say, yeah, hoorah for that, right? That's good. Everybody has to have their own team or it would be no fun. There's always, there's always an underdog, and by Jove, the Redskins are it. Yep. <laughs> well, you know what? That's good that you stick by your team no matter what because hey, otherwise then it. I'd have no have yep. no faith in you. So. Well, well, listen. Yeah, I can't stay on too much longer. I have to get my kids to bed. Hey, but I um. All right. Yeah, I um. I'll be looking forward to the books. Hopefully, I can um. I can get online and see what the name of them are on the yeah. on the website or something, this, so this I can take a look archived. at them. This will be archived, hon, So you'll be able to see. Yeah, we'll post it on okay. the website. Perfect. Funnybusinessradio.com. Okay. Well, it was nice meeting you Thanks both, and care. I'll see you later, Rob. Yeah. You take care. Bye bye. Take care. Yeah. Okay. Bye bye. Okay, Spot, yes. uh, before we get into Joanne's books, which are very interesting we need to talk about, uh, I want to hear the, the American Indian view on not only adoption but anomalies. I mean, it's different from what we're used to. Oh, yeah. Well, for for Native people, you know, we have what's called hongapi, which is the making of relatives. And you would adopt somebody... Um, say that, you know, somebody had been killed in war or somebody had been stolen in, or, you know, somebody was killed in an, in an untimely manner and you would try to replace that person within your tribe. And, you know, it wasn't something that was done lightly. It's something that was very serious thought was put into this. Um, and there was usually a reason why you would adopt somebody into Hunkapi. Um, and there's a special ceremony for it. But once you Hunkapi somebody, they're considered to be a part of your family no matter what. Um, because you're making it's a relative by choice. You can't choose who your family is. Usually, your biological family is. Um, you know, you're born to your parents. You know, simple genetics, biology. It's just the way it is. Um, when you choose to make somebody a relative, you're choosing that person for whatever reason to be a part of your family, and they're given great respect because they were chosen to be a member of the family. And uh, it, you know, there's a lot that goes into the ceremony. I'll spare you the, the gory details, but there's a lot that goes into the ceremony to become a become Hongkapi. Um, it's a huge responsibility on both sides of the of the adoption. Um, and then the the view of, of anomalies. I was always taught that um, that person was made that way by the Creator. Um, that that person is that way for a reason, and there's something special about them aside from the obvious physical difference there's something about them that that the creator made them that way sure so to us it's a gift from the creator to be gifted in some way made different um it's it's hard to explain it to to people that aren't familiar with the culture or the the mindset um but the creator makes each and every one of us and there's a there's a reason that we are the way that we are. Period. End of story. Yeah, I, I love 
I, I guess one of the good ways, first of all, in copy is a beautiful ceremony. Um, uh, I've been through it, and it's it's very very beautiful ceremony. But what I think the best way I can just, I can think of it as as being outside of the American Indian culture and then coming in and witnessing it is remember little Daniel that he, he's a little person he's oh a, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 he's a dwarf but he's not the end, he's not an endoplasia dwarf he's a perfectly proportioned he's perfectly a, formed and uh, I forget what, what the name it, of um, that type of yeah dwarf it's a primordial Primordial something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 respected and honored because he's different. So yeah. you know, whereas we, the Wasichu or the white people or the outsider people or whatever, see it as something that's bad, the American Indian sees it sees it as something that's okay, well why was this? And let's expand on this and let's accept it and let's celebrate it. And that's what I love about yeah. it. I really do. Um, that person is that way for a reason, you know. And in Daniel's case, Daniel, uh, his personality was just amazing. Um, I don't oh, know if he's still love that or not, kid. But, I'd love to see him again. But, uh, he was uh, so full of joy, and but that's because he was yeah. raised to believe he was, you know, you're special. Because the creator made you that way. You're, you're special. Yeah. Oh, he's an amazing dancer. But the Native um, American you know, or American Indians got to get used to that same switch. Thing. Have been doing ado- have been performing adoptions for centuries and for a long time in the white community it was considered you know like a hundred years ago hundred even a hundred years ago they're adopted let's not tell anybody oh yeah whereas well yeah I mean, american indian was like ago, who yeah. gives a daggone i'm going to adopt this person because i want them or i love them right there's a so yeah, adoption there's something that you always bring to the table, accepted yeah. always accepted oh yeah yeah, and, and you're you're not celebrated. Yeah, and after well, even the adoption even if bam, done deal, their family, boom. Yeah, we don't we don't see right. adoption as this is my adopted whatever. You know, and in my case, Deborah is my sister. Yeah, she's not my adopted sister. She's my sister, genetically yeah. or, or not. You're my sister. Yeah, and that's, and that's the way we, that's what we see. That's the way that we see adoption. That person is that role. That person takes on that role, and they are that 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 in your family. It's, Christopher and how, is my how, nephew. How did our, how did our court system get so far out of whack that you can't even adopt a kid in America because of the fact that they could take him back? How whacked out is that? Well, yeah, I, you know, a lot That's of that is cleared up. That happened uh, a lot well, just about the time I adopted my son, mm-hmm. where now, Baby X. Remember well, Baby yeah. X? Oh God! Yeah, yeah. A lot now of that has want, been taken care of. Now they don't want Native children out of the culture because um, for so many years the children were taken away, were adopted out of the culture without our permission. Oh, yeah. Um, they were actually kidnapped from the hospital. Story. Yeah, well, we, we, consider, we consider them hostages and kidnapped. Um, you know, we don't, they're, they're the lost generation. We don't see that in a positive light. Well, um, how did that work now? What, now, what if somebody, now... If there is a group of, if, let's say there's a baby that needs a, a, I mean, could I, according to your culture, could I as a white male adopt an Indian baby? Probably not. Um, normally, children, normally Native children are ado- are offered to people within that tribe. If a suitable family oh, okay. is not available within that tribe, then we'll look oh, outside I, the tribe. But usually okay. there's a suitable family within the tribe. 
Um, we try to okay. keep. We try so, to. We try to stay within the tribe if we can. Keep it in the family, so to speak. So, right? yeah. <laughs> the yeah, children yeah, you were referring yeah. to earlier yeah. were they, they. This actually happened where people would take a baby from a hospital without the parents' knowledge, kidnap well, this it. As, this happened as late as nineteen seventy, and then put it up for oh, adoption. Sure. See, this is what oh, happened absolutely. to my adoption in Honduras. The baby was born. I was supposed to get the baby. It was kidnapped, and then yeah. they tried to ransom it to me. Oh, yeah. sure. So, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, so, I mean, yeah. God, you know, think about it. If there's people that will literally, there's stories where people had their kidneys stolen so so people could sell them. So they're certainly going to swipe yeah, a baby and steal the, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it's unfortunate, you know. You, how about those stories where they get swapped at birth, and, and then they find out 20 years later or something? Well, yeah, they just had, there was a story about not too long ago about that. Yeah. 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 That's an yeah. How crazy would that be? Yeah. Oh my God! For everybody, the kids especially. Well, there's but there's the a parents there's are like, a, oh my God. <laughs> there's a First Nations guy. He's an actor, activist, lecturer. His name's Eric Schweig. Um, he was in movies like The Broken Chain and a couple other really good movies. What, um, what was that last name? Can you spell that last name? Schweig, I want to Google that. Schweig. S S S C H. E I W G or something like that. Okay. Some uh, some variation uh, of that. Yeah, okay. he was in uh, actually he was in Disney's Tom and Huck. Um, he was ah. uh, ironically enough he was in Jin Joe. Um, he was yeah. adopted out. Um, he's a, a First Nations and he was adopted into a white family. Um, and he's gone out and lectured about how it, it how it is to be a person of native descent to be adopted out of our own culture, and adopted into white culture and, and the effect that it has on him. Um, it's something that I, I certainly appreciate, you know, children, especially special needs children, needing a family. And right. God, you know, Creator knows if I could, if I if I could have more kids, believe me, I'd adopt more kids. I can't have any more physically, but, I mean, if it was possible, I would adopt kids left and right because I just, I love children for themselves. And I would love to have another child. Unfortunately, that's not a reality for me. But I also understand. I also understand as a native, as a person, I, I understand why we should not go outside of our own native culture. I think that that sets up too many problems for the children. Um, yeah. But I, I do appreciate, you know, going outside the country to adopt. Believe me, if I could adopt a child, I would. Um, really. Genetic, biologically, I, I'm done. I can't have any more kids. Although I'd love to. Um, really? But it's just not a reality for me. Um, <laughs> wow. I, I think two yeah. is perfect, an exact perfectly <laughs> I, round number. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've got five. Five. And, and I, I love I, I, That's not I, a reality I, I love, for me. I love, I, love my, I love my kids, but I think two is a good number. <laughs> I've got three yeah. boys and two girls. I would have liked to have been able to adopt more than one, but I couldn't. It's all, the it's way all about your personality it. type, how many kids you have. That's what it well, comes down kids. to. And I think, I, I, you know, I I think God blessed me with two two good kids, and I would feel like I was pushing it if we tried to have. I, plus, I don't have enough energy. I like to devote <laughs> a lot of energy to them, and I'm just, I, I can, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> well, the same as I was with my 17 year old. You know, your limitations, yeah. Well, for us, you know, for us, too, you know, children are a gift from the Creator. Yeah, and, and they should be treated I, as such. I agree. I agree. Special gift. Absolutely. And they it should absolutely be. They is. should be treated as such. I'll never forget so, the day I saw both my both my baby's faces. It was a such an incredible, an amazing, incredible experience. amazing moment. Yep. And I also, it is, I it also is a feel gift from the creator. Yep. 
for me for me personally, I also feel that um, you know, the creator has a child for each and every one of us. Whether okay. we give birth to that child or not, that child is it, when that child comes home to you, that child is your child, whether you know, that child is intended for you whether or not you gave birth sure. or not. Yeah, that sure. is your child. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Of course it is. Absolutely. And, and and I I like the way that people t- a lot of times turn it into it's a, it's a more of a special thing than being born unto us because you're you, we selected you as well, as your is. family we by choice you. yeah right yeah right, your family right. by choice we chose you yeah. and we feel that yeah. we were you know as much as a a baby who's born you know to you is a gift from God the uh, the, the one who's not is even more so because you found them out of six billion people on the planet That's your, yeah seven seven billion people now yeah yeah. But yeah. that child is a special gift because that's that's right. your family by choice. Right. You know, that, that well, I know I was very very special. happy to find my boy, and I was very happy that uh, we were able to give him what he needed to cure to to not cure <laughs> to correct <laughs> all of his you know facial differences and right. and and to get them where they needed to be. And getting back to Joanne, she helped me to do what I needed to give him the comfort he needed. And this is why I really want to talk about Joanne's books. One of my favorites, which I own, I own most of her books, is the story of Lippy the Lion. And I'll let Joanne tell you why she wrote that. But what I love about this is I don't know if she still has a stuffed animal, Lippy the Lion, because she, Lippy the Lion is also a stuffed animal with a corrected cleft lip and palate which was sent to each child as they were going through surgery to hold. And then sometimes Lippy got lost and didn't get back to Joanne. But she Uh. has the book. Joanne, um, tell us about your book because I love it, love it, love it, love it. Well, yeah, Lippy is AWOL at this point. Um, uh, We we have a a little stuffed (laughs) lion that we surgically repaired his lip for him, and he's wearing his little hospital no-nos and stuff. And he actually has traveled the world um, visiting other children to have cleft lip and palate. But but every now and then, um, uh, he... I, I, he really likes where he's staying or something because he gets lost. <laughs> and Did you even lose the one home. I sent you? Because I sent you another one. Oh, he's, he's you about that one number four back or something. <laughs> oh, okay. So <laughs> that one got Okay. Yeah, we, we have another Lippy making the rounds right now, but it's the moment he's Version able one, to. Version one, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but anyway, the story of Lippy the Lion, um, there's actually two different books out uh, right now, and there was some talk about a third. But anyway, the, the Lippy the Lion... It's uh, it's it's allegorical, obviously, but it's uh, a, a jungle story where uh, the the prince is born, and everyone is thrilled with his birth, and yet um, there is something you know wrong, and and they're all concerned because um, he has a cleft lip and palate. And in the book, it talks about what the the purpose for this book is to take the family through the initial stages of adjustment and starting on the road to recovery. And what happens in the book, what happens with all of us moms, I adopted my kids, I knew I was getting getting them and going to have a fix, but when it came time to do that repair, you so love that child and you so love that face that you don't want to get it repaired. Yeah. I mean, and I know that sounds weird. It no, I've heard that from other knows it's yeah, going to be done. Your heart is just yeah. screaming. It's and weird. It's weird, but it's true. 
in the book, the the, the the mommy lion goes to the daddy lion. He, she says, you make a law that, that everybody has to accept him. And, and, and she, there's nothing wrong with, with our son. It's, it's wrong with the rest of the world. And I felt that. I thought, why can't everybody just adjust, okay? You know. Um, well, what one the, of us is ever born perfect, honestly? Which one of us yeah, is born perfect? Absolutely. absolutely. Ooh, but me. in the book, um, we have to realize, though, it's not just what it looks like. It's also how it works. <laughs> and uh, in the book, what happens is the jungle doctor, who is a zebra, um, <laughs> comes to cool. the mom and <laughs> takes her back to the day that the baby was born. He, he says, do you remember? And they remember back to when he was born. And she says, you know, it, it's a, a boy. Is it a girl? And they say, it's it's a boy, but but there's there's something wrong. That the mouth isn't made correctly. And and she looks at him and she says, I would give anything. I would give anything to take that away. And wow. he says, Do you remember that? And Mama Lion says, Yes, she does. And he said, This surgery is the anything you have to do. And she adjusts, you know, she allows it, and, and in the end, we go through the whole opening thing again, and um, where uh, it says at the end that everybody whispers to everybody and tells everybody, and the you know word is spread that Lippy the lion is fine. And, wow, um, what an amazing, a wonderful story. book! I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. it I wish and, I would have had like that it, book when my child it, was it a little seems, baby. No, yeah. It seems like it's a great education tool for people, even parents with kids who who don't have the, the knowledge. Yeah, actually, it would, work, yeah. it would work with about any any kind of a of a challenge that the the mother is facing or the child is facing. But one right. thing I was surprised to Lippy was I I actually wrote it and you know said well in all honesty it's actually written for the the family for the parents, but mm-hmm. I have gotten letters from mm-hmm. young uh, either you know teenagers and and, and young adults who said. I didn't know. I didn't understand wow. what my parents put through. And now I understand. And there used to be a lot of people had a lot of baggage about, you know, all the stuff they went through to repair the class. And they'd say, you know, that, that it was just really bad baggage. But they read, a couple of people had written to me and said they read Lippy the Lion, and now they understand why that was all done to right. them. Right. Wow. And um, I, I'm always advocating to the parents saying, no, we're not doing it to them, we're doing it for them. You know, exactly. it feels like we're doing it to them, but we're doing it for them. We're right. leveling that playing field and getting it, getting everything. And besides that, function is another big deal. And if it doesn't function correctly, the, you know, people with cleft are going to have major issues as they grow up. Exactly. Right. Not the least of Just which. with eating, if nothing else. Up. Eating and talking. Yeah, eating and talking are, are two of the, the big ones. And um, um, the surgery is so good. So, so good now that a person can be born with a cleft, and literally nobody would know unless they were up on cleft, you know. Yep. But um, wow. unless they really knew what to look for. Um, yeah. Sometimes the only people that, that know Chris now go, "I'm sorry, I, I wouldn't say anything, but I have a child with cleft, and I can tell your child." Those are the only people that know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the surgeries are so wonderful now. I mean, when you look at the difference with, with uh, Stacy Keach. And what is done now, but you know what? Yeah. Even Jesse Jackson, his repairs were really good. Well, he's Jesse covering Jackson them up has with a mustache. mustache. Oh, yeah, I've, I've never seen him without a mustache. That's true. But, um, That's true. Because yeah. um, Jesse Jackson was born cleft lip and palate. Most people really? know that Jesse ja- or that um, yeah, my, my, my was, that but Jesse from. Jackson was. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was always like, was he? Is it? You know, and then uh, one of our families uh, ran into him and walked right up to him, asked him point blank. You know? Yeah. And <laughs> so you know we, what? We I confirm. was on. She called me from a phone booth there at the airport and said, "You're going to hear this too." And she was just, yeah. were you born with cleft liver palate? Yes, ma'am, I was. <laughs> okay. Wow. I'm a witness. <laughs> so, yep. Wow. Yep. He that said he was born cool. with a bilateral cleft liver palate, and then yeah. he went through years of speech therapy. And it's wonderful to know that, you know, whether you agree with his politics or not, it's wonderful to know the man has grown up to be a public figure and really, sure. you know, a, a, an orator. Yeah, yeah, he's an orator. So, order. I mean, oh, um, and when man. it's it's you know what you present to the public, which would be your face and and your voice, um, and you know he's done quite well, you know. But there are a number of, of famous people who are born cleft. Um, the other book is is called um, the other one about cleft is called uh, um, Thumper the Cleft Affected Bunny. Yeah. Now Thumper was a real one. live. That's a true story, isn't yeah. it? He was a real live bunny. He he yeah. it was. With some editorial license, um, it was a true story. The, the license is in that. I really don't know what the rabbit was thinking, you know. <laughs> I wrote out that he thought different things. I didn't know. You know. I wasn't absolutely positive I knew exactly how many were in his litter. I just made that number up. But the actual things that happened in the story really happened. But he, he was our bunny. Um, but in the story of Thumper, he was born with, in a large litter, and, and he had a cleft, and um, he was the last bunny sold. And in fact, the only way to sell him is they lowered the price to half price. And the people who got him got him for a little girl, and she didn't like him because she, he looked broken. And she teased him until he bit her. And they took him back oh, to wow. the, the. Oh, it, it's a very long, sad story here. It's, wow. It's all true. Um, wow. And they took him back to the, the, the uh, pet store, and. Boy, but by this time he wasn't going to put up with anything, so he wasn't the he wasn't the cuddliest rabbit in the cage. Okay, um, <laughs> so they, they they removed him, <laughs> and a friend of mine was at the store at the, the pet store, and she went running to a telephone and called me up. She goes, "Joanne, you got to come down here. There is a there's a rabbit here that's meant to be yours." And I said, huh? "Oh, why?" And she goes, "He has a cleft." And I said, "Uh, wow. no her name way. was Debbie too." And I go, Debbie, um, that's that's where we get that hated H word. <laughs> they all have to go, no, he has a real cleft all the way up into his nose, you know. And so I went down there, wow. and I brought Joey with me. And um, when we went in there and I looked, I thought, I don't see any rabbit with a cleft in here. And I asked the lady, she oh, yeah, he's in the bathroom. So we went back into the bathroom, a little cave. There was, Poor there guy. was a little white rabbit. And my son, he was about, I don't know, I think he was about seven, about nine. Um, gets down on his knees and he picked that rabbit up in his arms and cuddled it and he looked up at me and he goes, Mom, all he needs is a home. Aww. Now, <laughs> go back oh, Lord. Go back Lord. about nine years and after yeah. we wow. had Jacob and we're we're, you know, raising Jacob and really loving it and stuff like that and then my the, the adoption agency director called me up, and we weren't even looking for another kid or anything like that. And she says, there's a little boy in Korea, and, you know, he really needs, you know, he's, he's been turned down a number of times. And, you know, anyway, we got, the, uh, we got the, the pictures the next day, and I showed him my husband was not into adopting again right then, okay? And I, wow. you know, I knew he was mine. And, stuff, and I showed him the picture, and 
And I said, all he needs is a home. So oh, nine years later, my son. Oh, sorry later, for the heart my, my son echoed my words, but oh, um, uh, so, uh, yeah, and and I don't want to paint my husband as being, you know, he just he was concerned about the money and all stuff. And sure, I, yeah. the night the night after we were told about him, I asked my husband <laughs> that night after we got the picture, I asked my husband, did you think about the baby? And he said, how can we? And I'm thinking I could talk him uh, into this. But it wouldn't be very wow. Right. And so I just prayed. Because you know what? Yeah. yeah. In my culture, the yeah. creator makes families too. Okay. Exactly. But yeah, exactly. I prayed. And I said, if this is my baby, Lord, let my husband know. The next morning we woke up and I first thing I said to him was I said, Just did you think about the baby? And he goes, How can we not? There you go. All right. And there you I go. have my son. Eighty-nine days later, he was in my arms. Wow! So, anyway, the story of Thumper was a story that it was a real life story. I just wrote it. I just wrote it basically as it happened, and um, it's actually used as an anti-teasing book, uh, anti-bullying book, as a matter of fact. And it's very good. uh, Very good. Yeah, because Thumper was bullied. He was bullied and teased and and treated Mm -hmm. very badly. Mm Thumper didn't have to change to be acceptable. Thumper was loved for exactly as he was. He didn't change him in any way. And that's what kids who are bullied and teased and stuff need to understand is that it's not you, it's it's the bullier. It's 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 the other guy. You don't have to you know that that's one of the problems I have with a lot of of books that, you know, have to do with um well, like the ugly duckling. He had to become oh, a yeah. blonde before we could, you know. Exactly. And then I didn't like that either. Girl. Sure. Yeah, the yeah, lovely girl beautiful. had to go wash. Yeah, and and she yeah. she was she had um, scars on her face, a rough faced girl, and then she had to go wash in in a, a, a yep. special lake. When she washed, she came out. Oh, and her her face was beautiful. My children yep. did not have to change for me to love them. They changed surgically. Because they needed to for the function to work and for for them to to, to lower to level the playing field, but ch- fixing right. that cleft did not make them acceptable. They were acceptable and fully loved and accepted and embraced long before those surgeries ever took place. Right, and, and we, um, we all and, deserve that. Yeah, we all. Yeah, deserve that was that. an important thing to me with Thumper. Is Thumper didn't have to change. They didn't have to exactly. suddenly it go away. No, he he right. that that he's <clears throat> God's rabbit now. Um, yeah. no longer yeah. with us. <laughs> um, but but he was a very happy bunny until he died, you know. And it was a, a, wow. you know, a few years later, you know. He, we had him Amazing. for a number of years. But um, but anyway, uh, in both that, of yeah. my books, uh, in both of those books, the first part is the children's story. The second part is kind of an appendix that has uh, support and information for families. And Lippy, the the support and information. Uh, I have a gallery of a number of people, Christopher's in the gallery, as well as all three of mine and a bunch of others. I forgot how many there are. But uh, pictures when they were born, pictures of them after their repair, and then later in life when they're, you yeah. know, several years old. And mm-hmm. um, in Thumper, part of that appendix is just messages from adults who were born with cleft, what they want to tell the child going through mm-hmm. school right now who might be enduring some teasing and might be hey guys, enduring some of guys, these I difficult got, things. i got to break in for one minute. we got to run the sponsor before we go uh, off the air live here. Um, 
and we'll get right back into the uh, discussion. Sorry to interrupt you there, um, uh, Joanne. I just okay. have to on the spot real quick. The, it's the a show will be archived, and you can come in and listen yep, to we'll the Yep, we'll be archived. Come back later. It's a... You got a buyer of gold and silver.com. A buyer of gold and silver coins and jewelry is celebrating three years of paying the highest cash payouts around for unwanted gold and silver coins and jewelry. Don't settle for low pawn shop prices and don't take your items to a fly by night hotel event. Come and visit our showroom and get paid the highest cash payouts for your unwanted gold and silver coins yeah, and jewelry. Looking for great fun? Book a free karaoke gold party today with a buyer of gold and silver coins and jewelry. Located at 1121 Glenwood Ave, Oneida. So it's located in upstate New York for those of you who are in the area, and uh, that's it for the live feed. So now we're archiving, and this will still be available later. And uh, sorry about that interruption. Go ahead. Uh-huh. Oh, well, anyway, the the third book to talk about is um, To My Child Concerning Your Birth Mother. And yes. that started out as a poem that I re- wrote to Jacob when I first, that he's my oldest, when he first came home, because I never wanted him to feel like there was ever a point in his existence that he was not loved um the uh, the decision to relinquish there are many reasons for it but almost every single time they're rooted in love and um basically it it uh, it starts out with um she was uh, not a stranger when she first knew you she felt your first beginnings with um you know wonder and love and and she prayed oh god there must be another way and it goes through all the way through the steps of of her carrying him, her coming to an adoption decision, because all throughout she kept saying that there must be another way, there must be another way. And at the very end, and it, it talks about making the adoption decision and the, the, the adopted family coming into the picture, and then at the end it says, she didn't give you up, she gave you life. And with fear and uncertainty, great sorrow and great unselfish love, she placed you in the basket among the bulrushes. And with loving sorrow, as she watched to depart, she prayed, go with him, God. Go with him on his way. That was written for the adopted child to understand not just that they were chosen, but how they happened to get basically unchosen. And it's a hard thing for a lot of the the, um, adopted children to wrap their heads around. They need to know that there was a lot of love in that decision from both yeah. sides. And agony. Not wanting to let the child go but having to. Yeah, yeah. Um you know, you know and that I, I forget their, there are three different good. stories as to why they were relinquished. But it, you know, like I said, in almost every relinquishment story there it it starts from a point of love. And Absolutely. fear sometimes and um Sometimes desperation. Um, there's a, a number of different places it can start, but um, but there's love there, and um, you know they they care about that baby. So um, anyway, that was that's my adoption related book. Yeah. And I Very cool. Others. Wow, you're busy, huh? She has a lot. Not of really. <laughs> not anymore. No. No. no you're not I, writing any I more books. Retired. No. Oh, no. Well, I have a couple of books right now, but they're not published yet. So. They're at the publisher. Now, who's your, who's, your, uh, who's your publisher? Saga Books. Um, Saga Books, Rob. Ah, very good. Yeah, 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 yeah I heard of them. Yeah, books. Yeah. No, come on. Let's give a call out to sagabooks.net. <laughs> yeah, shout it we out. We know when to find a good author. <laughs> That's right. You see that? There you go. Yeah. We know where there to you find go. them. 
<laughs> That's it right there. But we they, they still good. have two articles that haven't been published yet. So oh, one of them cool. I think okay. is real important because it was written for children in foster care, and there's very little out there oh, for wow. children. Now, now, very do these go into to ebooks format as well? Like, can you get the uh, like an ebook? I'm format not sure. Or? I think Deb could probably answer that question better than me. I can so put I think anything you want into ebooks. I've been meaning to email you about that. We can put any of your I'll books see. into there ebooks you go. immediately. Oh, yeah, yeah, including sure. all the illustrations cool. and everything. Yes. Okay. Because wow, that, cool. that's what okay. that's what the holdup was a couple of years ago. Was that well, they're picture books. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's got um, so much well, data right now. Yeah. The whole a lot technology of things have changed thing. since then. So yeah, yeah so we can get know. your books into ebooks. Oh, very yeah. cool. So so okay, where did so the so answer where, to the question is yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, well, okay. there you go. I didn't even know I was. There you go. Um, so we're expanding now, what, that catalog right now as we speak. I was working on it a lot today, adding some no books and, cool. and getting together some things. So oh, yeah, very you can go on ebooks. Because, I Very mean, that's cool. the way things are going now. I mean, I still like to crawl into bed with my child, or I would have if I had a little kid, but right. with a, a book in my hand. But you know what? Many sure. parents now are crawling into bed with their kids with an e-book. You sure. know, well, you can crawl into bed with the Kindle, too, you know? <laughs> yeah, they're I crawling into bed with the Kindle. I read all the time now with my Kindle. I just yeah, want to know when Kindle and Nook are going to start to understand that they have to backlight the dang-gone thing. I know. Oh, I like mine. I like mine a lot. It's 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 good. Um, it's it's actually easy have. on the eye. Which yeah, you have. Very, uh, I have a Kindle. Kindle. Well, I've got a Kindle too, but it's not backlit. It's it's not it's not brightly backlit, but that that would make it difficult because I have vision issues. Oh, that's and, true. Um, so you don't need that. And too. these are it's perfect. I would not be reading any longer if it weren't for that. So uh, really and it's, cool. It's, it's wonderful. I yeah, because you can increase the font and everything. Yeah, I have it right, up at, yeah. the, at the maximum right now, and but the backlighting is is it's not a real bright backlight because the bright ones aren't as easy on your eyes. It's a right, more yeah. music. You just yeah. need just enough to to get to highlight the yeah. You just need a very faint backlight, and, mm-hmm. and you're good to go. But, yeah, uh, yeah, but I mean, I'm sure that they'll improve it tremendously, uh, and I I have like one of the first ones so. <laughs> So oh well, gonna, there you, you know, go. Yeah, they're, they're I mean, gonna way go way beyond what I've got right now. But I wouldn't be able to oh, be reading God. any longer sure. if I didn't have it. So anyway, yeah, right. I'm that's glad cool. to hear that it could, yeah, it could be in a Kindle or a Nook uh, or any cool. of the readers that they have coming out now. They they have a lot of different ones mm-hmm. coming out now. But um, but yeah, we I'm will, an avid reader, so we will definitely you know. get your books into Kindle and uh, Nook. Oh, that's very cool. We'll yeah, I know you, you cannot, as far as I know, you can't buy it, like, I have Kindle, but I'm not sure if you could buy it on Amazon in an e-book form. I, I don't know anything about that oh. part of the... Uh, well, you can, I, I write. but you, you will be able to. Right. Okay. I can't tell you that it's going to happen tomorrow, but it will happen soon. Uh, okay. That's Ruth cool. had to go to England because her mother is ill. She's very elderly. And yeah. when she got there, there were lots of things going on that she didn't realize had to stay there longer. Plus, she has moved our offices. So yeah. uh, she's, yeah, permanent. This is the last one. So Oh, that's so um, hard moving a business. Oh, I hate yeah, that. It, yeah. Horrible, so horrible she's feeling. She's getting reset up again, and as soon as she's settled, I'm sure we can just go bada-bing and just get all these things up on. Yeah, there you go. 
ebooks very put some soon. links up. Well, so I'm, we'll I'm real anxious. I'm, I'm anxious and being very patient. Um, so I'm not, not bugging everybody, but I'm real anxious for Huta's baby to see press. So, because um, I mean, it's 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 for foster kids, and those kids have nothing, you know. And um, it's um, uh, and, and Huta's baby. Huta is an owl who has lifestyle issues. Um, I didn't want to yeah. make her, you know, a drug addict or you know, abuse or anything. So she basically, she's an owl who wants to stay up all day and, and dance and in the sun. I love that. And she won't. Yeah, she doesn't stay up at night where she when she's supposed to, to take care of business. And she has an egg, and everybody's worried about can she take care of that egg? She's never on the nest, you know, stuff. And, and in fact, she even borrows the nest. It's all rickety and everything. And basically, her lifestyle problem keeps her from taking good care of the baby. And yeah. pretty soon, the council, or actually the Parliament of Owls, brings her in front of the Parliament and says, you know, they're 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 saying, you know, that the baby's in danger and that something needs to be done. And they start saying bad things like she doesn't love her baby, and she's you know upset. And the 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 um the head of the of the Parliament comes up. He says, No, enough, enough is enough. And he says, Who Todd does love her baby? But sadly, love alone isn't going to be enough. Huta can't take care of herself, and she cannot take care of a baby owl. And so the owl needs to go where it's safe. And he, he's given to another home to live. And um, the, throughout the whole book, the baby never says a word. And the reason for that is I want foster children to know this is something going on. It affects them, but it's not their fault. They have no fault in it whatsoever. And uh it's it anyway, the, the, the whole idea with Huta's baby is that sometimes parents have lifestyle issues that make it difficult to be good parents. And wonderful, wonderful one. Doesn't, doesn't have to be That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's very I love all the, and, all these these and, books sound very cool. Yeah. Oh, and I also love an American hero. Yeah, an American hero is um I wrote it because I had a friend actually through Cleft Talk who's little girl was having a very hard time with the fact that her, her father was deployed. And so it's it's a it's a, a book written for military families with a deployed parent. And an American wow. hero acknowledges that of course the the person goes overseas and serves the country as is an American hero, but so are the people who stay behind. Yeah, you know, so are the, the family that stays behind. Absolutely and that, that support team got mm-hmm. gotta be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we go through a day in the life of the father and the son and throughout the day, they have parallels all the way throughout the day, and they start out waking up under the same sun, and um, they go through the day doing many of the same things or thinking of each other while they're doing these very similar things, and at the very end, you know, the, the son, as he's getting into bed at night, prays for the father, and the father is out on the field, and he prays for the safety of his family. Wow. And, um, so, and that, that's an American hero. And, uh, that's awesome. For, wow, that is very um, cool. Very cool. No, no violence whatsoever in the book. Um, you never even see a gun. Okay, um, but it's it, it, there. The, the idea is that, that he's over there doing a very important job, and, sure. um, and but but love doesn't stop, and and family is family no matter how many miles separate them. That love stretches very a very cool. long way. So very cool. that's. Yeah, that, and, and all I'm your really books cool. are published by Saga Books. All all of them. All of them. All of them are published very by Saga. Very cool. Okay, um, and that's very cool news now that we books. got some news here, Deb, that you guys can, if somebody's looking for somebody to put their books into, like, uh, electronic mm-hmm. book format, they can go to Saga Books for that, right? If the, yes, if, if they 
done their work well? Yes, absolutely. Oh, like we're, you, okay, we're yeah, traditional yeah, yeah. House. yeah, I don't know, I don't I don't know the to, business, but you no, could I convert to uh, All of Joanne's books are traditionally published. It is not a self-publishing house at all. Or right, right, right. Traditionally right, published. good point. Well, that's why I asked, and I don't have anything against self-published, but that's why I asked is there mm-hmm. you have an actual publisher, which is great. Yeah. That's great. Well, but in, if it was in publishing, in, in writing too. books, actually, the um, you know self-publishing isn't as as highly um, esteemed, um, and and um, you know I I didn't want to self-publish my books. I. I Right. Hold on. No, that's so great. No, well, part of, it, it part is, of the big problem it, it with is better to, it, You get a leg up if you have a traditional publisher, let's face it. Uh, e-publishing still has its own. Is a, but if you can get it, like I say, so through Saga Books, you get your book published in a traditional book publisher. And, and, um, and again, you can still do the e-book thing through the traditional publisher. So mm-hmm. that's what I was kind of asking about. That's, that's yeah. all good. That's cool. Yeah. And Saga's real good people. You know, they're, she's just a real, real good person to work with and to know. So. I don't know about that one. <laughs> no, well, actually, I was, I was actually talking about Ruth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, 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 no, no, come on. Come on. Hey, yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm over here. I'm right here, you guys. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> see, see that. Shout out to shout out to Carrie who was on earlier. They get it back full full board, Carrie. See how it works. <laughs> She's still mad nah, at me because great. I said everything else was fifteen <laughs> minutes away from my house, and it turned out a half an hour sometimes. <laughs> oh God, because I'd get lost. <laughs> <laughs> nah, Deb is great people. Deb's here because she she's we we have a great team. Spot, by the way, I think got dropped on the the line. Yeah, so she she I think her signal dropped. dropped. Just so you know, mm-hmm. but that's all good. Yeah, we make a good team here, and and uh, Saga Books is a great company. And like I say, if you if you are uh, want to get published by a traditional publishing company, and um, now they're doing the the ebook thing, and like I say, it's pretty easy to do. I mean, heck, if somebody if somebody there's a couple services out there, even if it's traditionally published or you publish it yourself, and they'll publish it to ebook. It's pretty easy. It's kind of like doing iPhone apps. It's it's come down to a pretty good science where it's, you know, it's not Back that, in the uh, day before personal computers wasn't so easy, but... Uh, well, that's the thing. The a couple of years ago, this is a whole different ball of wax. A couple yeah. of years well, ago, yeah. it was very difficult to do because you had to make it a certain... The formats had to match the readers. Oh, yeah. It's becoming more like the personal computer where everybody has either Windows or some of them had Mac. It's going the other way now. But it was a, a compatibility issue, and so it was very difficult. I saw people that tried to do it, and it's, it wasn't easy. Um, but it's it's pretty relatively easy now. So. You know one yeah. thing that I found anyway. out the hard way is uh, I know how to make an e-book that I could send to someone else, and they don't have to buy it from Amazon. They don't have to buy it from Kindle or from, uh, right. I'm sorry, from Barnes & Noble. So right. and I decided to experiment with this just to see how ebooks are made and what happens. So right. I made a Kindle um, compatible ebook for my Kindle and I made a uh-huh. Nook compatible ebook for my Nook. And I sent uh, those books yeah, to each and they worked. <laughs> I mean I'm reading the All book right. fine. And then I go in to read chapter three just to see how it looks and what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I get into Wi Fi and it says uh, upgrades or something, they wiped out those books. What? So both my Kindle and my Nook wiped out anything that I did not buy through Kindle really? or Nook. Oh, that's which just rude. Which really ticked me off. That's rude. 
It's rude. Yeah, that's Because wrong. I just wanted to see what my books looked like, and that they wiped them out. Right. I mean, I shouldn't have wow. to pay for my own books, right? <laughs> no, that's crazy. Wiped them out. I mean, wiped I, out I, I mean, woman. I mean maybe they're kind of protecting you because as a publisher, you don't want people stealing your books, and then, I mean, I that's don't know. That's probably you know? a point, but you know, so. Still. You know, I just it's just it's uh, we don't know what to do with this. So, mm-hmm. you know. Right. Just going now, can't you, all, and, uh, can you also do those in, in like, a PDF-type format? Because the Kindle will still pick up on that, won't it? Wipe those out, too. Yeah, did Wipe it all? everything out that I did not buy through Kindle or Nook. Wow. Both of them did it. Wipe really? them out. <laughs> I don't know if I was just picked out. <laughs> I, don't uh, I, I think they're just, they're just trying to protect their interests. I think they are. Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know whether I agree with it or not, but I know that they're protecting their interests because, I mean, they charge enough for them to, if it was just a reader and you can pick up anything, you know, they charge enough that they'd make a, 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 you know, but where they 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 get you, they they charge you for the Kindle or the Nook, and then you have to go through them to get your books. So um, yeah, I don't like that at all. Yeah, well, the, the books aren't expensive, and it's, I would say it's exhaustive, but it's not, okay, because there yeah. are a couple of authors I would love to have on my Kindle. I can't read them anymore because I can't get them on my Kindle, you know, yeah, and uh, and I like I like those authors. I want to, I want to. got to be more compatible across the board. you got to yeah. be able to port that stuff. And, well, and, and yeah, and, like I said, they're, they're getting better and better. They're, like, I think yeah. one of them now has color, and, um, the you know, there's, yeah, there's all I kinds of new one. features yeah. coming up. And so they're getting better and better, and I have, you know, one of the old Model T Kindles, you know. Model T. That's the Model T. I think I do, too. That's the Model T. There we go. <laughs> so, but it, it's it's a godsend to me because over the past couple of years, I've pretty close to lost most of my eyesight. And, really? Um, you know, I yeah, I I I don't I don't teach anymore. I, I'm a I'm a teacher. I was a teacher, and I don't teach anymore because I can't. I can't read the students' work. And um, you know, and and a number of stuff. But you know, here you're, you're, you have this this absolutely avid reader. You know, I don't watch TV. I don't like it. You know, um, I do do my computer and I do my Kindle. And um, but I'm I you, you know, and even if I do watch my TV, I don't see it very well. <laughs> right. So you know, but uh, uh, yeah, I, they, these things definitely serve a purpose. But I can see in the sure. future. I mean, this is the book, books of the future for sure. Where you oh, know, no, I, no, I see no, people no. sit in the doctor's office with their Kindle, and I see people mm-hmm. or Nook. I That's can't tell me. It. That's me. Yeah. Two hour infusions of Remicade, honey. I'm reading Roots right mm-hmm. now. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's yeah, right. See, I, I, uh, and if I'm if they're not putting something in me, they're taking it out. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah. lobotomies and oh. So I just you know I'm living at doctor's <laughs> offices now, so I take my Kindle and my Nook. I've got both. So you know, being a publisher, yeah. I, I only I, have the Kindle. I when I got the Kindle, they didn't have Nooks. That's how old my Kindle is. When yeah. I got my Kindle, oh, it was the only game in town. That so, is old. Um, old school. <laughs> it's old. Yeah, I've, I've had a couple well, years. I got, I got both because every time we publish one of our authors' books to Nook or Kindle, I will download it to see how it looks mm-hmm. wow, uh, to make cool. sure it looks really good. So mm-hmm. anyway, there you go. Okay. Well, dude. 
Very cool. How are you Great doing job. there in your uh, little your uh, little penthouse there now? Yeah, you know, I'm just looking out the window. I'm looking out the north window over here and looking up at the park, Central Park. It's a beautiful day. It was warm mm-hmm. today. It was pretty warm today uh, up in these areas. It wasn't bad at all. It was sunny, 60s. You could go for a nice walk and not freeze your butt off. How's Barney? And, eh, he's all right. He's doing all right. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because I swear, when my son was little, and not that you want to do, you don't want to get set your kid in front of the TV for hours on end. You want him reading books and doing other stuff. I understand that. But if I wanted to, I could have gotten away with, with it. <laughs> I, can, I don't know what it is about that friggin' purple dinosaur, but when you set a kid and they look at it, they just go into this glaze mode. It's like, okay, that's enough of that. Turn that off and let's read a book. But but he's freaking Barney is like, and you're sitting there as an adult thinking, how how is this possible? How did how did these people make this industry <laughs> off from the purple dinosaur? Uh-huh. It's like and then and then before you know it as a parent, if you hear it even a couple times, you start hearing the songs and you're singing them in your head. And I'm like, I couldn't stand Barney. Yes, my wife. It's so funny that you you picked that because because it, you know it's it's like it comes around goes around. But that friggin' purple dinosaur drove me nuts. And my son would just look at it and his eyes would get big and I'd say, Okay, we'll give you one of these shows. You know, remember back in the day when you had to wait till Sunday to see cartoons and to have the Disney show? Yeah. You had to wait till Sunday. Remember that? Yeah. Now it's I like 24 that. by 7. I can't get away from the stuff. And the Disney shows play reruns. That you see the same show every third day. But the kids will sit and watch it if you like. Like SpongeBob. <sighs> you can see him three you times know. in one day. <laughs> yeah. And you know what gets me is like, like, uh, what's the name of his friend, the starfish? Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Patrick. Patrick. You can tell I've seen it. I've seen it a few times. This show. When is anyone gonna notice that it's Popeye's laugh? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. He's you know they Popeye. do a lot of things on purpose in that show for adults and people of of a. Uh, uh, there's a lot of zingers in there that the kids don't get. It's kind of above the fray as far as. Oh, like, I know. What the, well, you know, Some of the jokes and comments. And like you say, you can tell. We all think Popeye as soon as we hear that. These kids think <laughs> freaking yeah. living, walking, breathing starfish. <laughs> but you know what? Disney did that. Disney, you know, a lot of their, every, every cartoon they've ever made, every full-featured, yeah. or full-featured, yeah. whatever, uh, yeah. thing that they've done, full-length is what I was trying to say, has got yeah. all these zingers for the adults in there. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, they're smart. It really does. I mean, oh, that, that's been even way back. I remember Popeye used to have a lot of fairly dirty comments. Yeah, you know, right. that the kids didn't get, that the parents did, and Bud Bunny was it. another one. Yeah, Bud Bunny was another one that had some pretty fairly, you know, uh, innuendo kind of comments. Uh, <laughs> and Bluto was so. Yes, I have to take off. Um, okay. Because it's uh, dinner time, and uh, my family expects to eat. So. <laughs> Well, how oh, rude of them. I appreciate you having me on, and I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for it was coming a lot on. Of fun. And um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll talk to you later. Okay, Deb. Very cool. Okay. Okay. Thanks a right. bunch. We'll have you on again sometime. Take care. Okay. Have a good night. Bye. All right. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. There you go, dude. Popeye with the can. I saw some cartoon or some joke one time that was referencing Popeye's 
he was at the doctor's office. <laughs> it was it was something like the doctor, <laughs> the doctor's asking him something. I have to find it online, but the doctor says, "Now, how long have you <laughs> how long have you had these huge protruding forearms?" <laughs> and I don't know. He answered, and the doctor's like telling him he's got tumors in his legs and his arms, <laughs> and she's got such huge bloated front part of the arm and the other part skinny. Yeah. And the doctor was telling me he had all these disorders and diseases. It was hilarious. Oh <laughs> and it's like, and what? And you have a craving for what? Spinach? You say? <laughs> yeah, that's some other sort of deficiency that he was just the whole mess up. You have an iron deficiency, man. Yeah, you, you have an iron severe iron. Give you more deficiency. iron in the blood than you need. All <laughs> right, you're gonna have to go on a special diet. You're gonna have to remove those tumors in your arms and your legs. The whole thing was hilarious. I don't remember well, where it came from. If anybody needs extra iron, just let me know. Just, just start a petition asking for my blood when they take it. I can give you more iron than you need. you got tons of iron, huh? I absorb enough iron for over six people. Oh, right. You have some the iron some disorder. Hemochromatosis. Hemochromatosis. Yeah. So, are you ready for this? I love this. The woman that draws my blood for my blood test, to measure my iron and my ferritin level mm-hmm. has to go to the same doctor I go to, my doctor, to have iron infusions. <laughs> really? Why can't we just do this little Frankenstein thing where we take it out of me and put it right into you? And just stick a straw in your arm and connect it to a straw in her arm and just let it go for 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. They could take a pint of blood of yours out of one arm. Okay, and then the other arm have a pint of blood of my blood coming out of my arm going into your arm. Yeah, that's all. Sounds simple. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, they won't. I'm a hemophiliac dream. If they would just pass laws to allow my blood to be donated instead of trashed, right. my plasma could could help hemophiliacs. Wow, that's something, huh? Because my blood is so rich in everything yeah. they need. It won't do it. Something to think about right there. It will not do it. Let's think about. What can I say? What are you going to do, you know? What you going to do? How you doing? (laughs) The New York theme, that was funny when she said that. (laughs) (laughs) Who said that? We got a New York theme going here, she says. Yeah, New York theme. And we got the little bit of Pittsburgh. We got everybody going. We got everything. Good thing your friend showed up. That was cool. You didn't know who she was for a while. No, isn't that funny? I had no Tell idea. His she, she shows even... up like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> shows up and then said, "Well, the thing is, too, I'm used to, you know, she had said something about Texas, and I'm, I'm kind of used to. You get to kind of get used to someone from somewhere. You don't see them for ten years, and then somebody calls and says their name and says they're from Pittsburgh. I'm like, oh, hey, that's, that's I'm glad you called. And then she said, I, I know Rob. I'm like, oh, as soon as she said that, I recognize her voice because she has a distinctive voice, so I knew immediately yeah. who that was. But I was glad glad she called. That was really cool. Anyone, was, you know, anyone who wants to call, call us up. We'll uh, throw the number out there one more time just for the end here, just to bring it to a close. Um, next time we're on again next Thursday. And once again, if you want to jot the number down at 646-478-4353. So link up with us, funnybusinessradio.com. I try to keep it updated, but we all know how that goes. 
<laughs> so I'll be up. I'll be updating that uh, this week. Uh, well, actually, let's say by by Monday, I'll have. I'm going to have a bunch of more stuff up there and updated. We have a funny little thing called the Funyun, which is a basically uh, rhymes with you know. There's a <laughs> let's just put it out there. Who cares? There's a website called the Onion. It's really hilarious. It's it's a uh, it's a funny kind of a news kind of a thing and. Anyway, so we call ours the Funyun because, um, you know, mainly because uh, I don't want to have to be creative, so I just make it sound like someone else's. That's what it really comes down to, so uh, just my laziness. So anyway, we got a couple of funny things in that fu- in the Funyun thing, and you can look up information about uh, about the three of us. And it also mentions another radio show uh, by one of my business partners up in upstate New York, Mike Bova, in you can search for Mike Bova on Blog Talk Radio or on the Internet. He does business marketing stuff. Him and I are working on some real estate pro- projects. We're going to be doing iPhone apps. And and we have uh, a thing called Social Media Press Kit, which, by the way, the company that Ashton Kutcher owns actually use this same uh, technology, and they, and they use it from a, a business uh, guy that I know. Called, his name's Corey Holloman, and he has this thing called the Social Media Press Kit. And if you if you Google social media press kit and the word real estate, I focus a lot on real estate agents and how they can kind of tie their social media together and stuff like that. So Google that. You know, Google my name, Rob Thrasher, all over the place, and uh, go ahead with your uh, your web address and stuff, uh, Deb. I'm sorry, with what? Shoot out your uh, web addresses and your Oh, it's deals. for what? Saga or you. me? Whatever you want, it's up to you. Okay, <laughs> www.sagabooks.net or deborahshivelywelch.net. And so you you do um I mean so you have like a you're a publisher obviously you own a publishing company as well as do you do you do like proofreading and stuff for people um through your main website through your name website. Well, I we edit, but only books that we have accepted. Oh, okay. So you don't have like a service, or some some authors I know will have a service where they'll they'll proofread uh, things yet. for people for a fee. Yeah, not yet. I mean, okay. we cool. we get so. many um, um, people submitting their books all the time, and if I were to go out on the um, and and offer my services to someone else outside of Saga Books, then I couldn't pay attention to the people. Who yeah, we are getting ready you. to publish? And, well, that makes you know, good editing a book uh, takes right. quite a while if you want to do the job right. Yeah, I know. So I know, right. you got to just do what you got to do, and do it right. I'm sorry to, for, I don't know why I got mixed up on what you were saying, but um, it's all right. It's been sorry, one of those you're days. <laughs> one of those days. It's almost eight thirty Eastern time, and uh, I'll play it out with uh, with our sponsor here. Uh, unless you have anything else to, to throw in no, there. No, let's give our sponsor another good yell out. Okay. Very good. This is a buyer of gold and silver dot com. A buyer of gold and silver coins and jewelry is celebrating three years of paying the highest cash payouts around for unwanted gold and silver coins and jewelry. Don't settle for low pawn shop prices and don't take your items to a fly-by-night hotel event. Come and visit our showroom and get paid the highest cash payouts for your unwanted gold and silver coins and jewelry. Looking for great fun? Book a free karaoke gold party today with a buyer of gold and silver coins and jewelry. Located at 1121 Glenwood Ave, Oneida, next to Cash for Cans Bottle Return. There you go. There we go. That's a wrap. Okay, Thanks, okay. Steph. Thanks for spot wherever you might be if you're listening. 
<laughs> thanks to everybody who came in. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks to um, to Joanne. Uh, it was a great show. Yeah, Joanne was great. Yeah, was great. she was a great guest. Yeah. And spot in in where she lives, they lose uh, connections a lot of times. So yeah. even on yeah. landline. Yeah. So. Oh wow! Jeez. Just got dumped. There you go. No problem. That happens. Happened a couple Okey-dokey. times actually. <laughs> All yeah. right, Dad, take care, everybody out there. Have a great week. We'll see you next Thursday. Okie dokie. All righty. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs>